Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. And I'm just so excited to share this with you because what I'm about to share with you today, I believe, is what the Lord wants to take our church to. I believe individually, I think uh, supernaturally as a, as a body, yes. But individually, I believe the Lord wants to take our church to a place supernaturally where what I'm going to share with you today is the norm of our culture as a church. But he wants to do it in you individually. He wants to do it in your life. He wants to do it in your heart. He wants to do it in your finances. I want to encourage you to make sure you listen to next week's uh, message online, the 26th. There's going to be some awesome stories. There's going to be awesome videos. My wife and I are going to share our vision for 2022. And I'm telling you, the Lord has given us such clear vision. We have more clarity in this one message for our next five years than we've had as, since the beginning of the church. It's very clear, and it's a way for you to get involved. And I can't wait to, to, for you to hear it. But today is kind of a way for us to kind of prepare our hearts for that because today, this week is also our Heart for the House um, offering. And our Heart for the House is simply just a way for us to give a love offering to the Lord. Say, Lord, thanks. Like, here we want to bless your church. And what we're doing is, yes, we love our kids' ministry because we want to bless our kids and our youth. Come on, somebody. We want to bless them. But we also want to, there's a few things we need to invest into, like we need to buy a new base and we're trying to invest into a way for our soundboard so that we can, right now we can't individualize some of the tracks. So we want to make it even sound even better. How many want better sound in the name of Jesus? You come to church, you're like, oh, that sounded sharp. You guys do a great job, sound team. I'm not saying you don't do a good job, but come on, just we want to make some investments there. But, but the big investment that we want to make in 2022 is we believe the Lord has a permanent facility for Love City Church. Come on, we believe that. And so we're going to make an investment. My wife and I, I'm only showing you this today. I know your right hand should know what your left hand is giving, but the reason I'm showing you this today, I'm not going to tell you what it, how much it is, but I want you to know because it's my responsibility. It's my wife and I's responsibility to, to do it the best we can. I, I fail and I fall short and I, you know I'm not perfect. You trust me. I know you know that. But um, we want to set an example for you on the heart for the house. And we, the Lord spoke to us at amount uh, last year very clearly. And then this year we said, oh, we talked about the amount. We're like, I think the Lord wants us to give a little bit more. It's one of the largest amount of money that we've given to the church. And I'm only telling you this is because we want to be the first to set the example for you that we are investing. It's not just me asking you to invest your money. We're the first ones to invest our money into Love City Church for 2022 because we're going to reach a lot of lost people. We're going to make a lot of disciples and we're going to help the disenfranchised and we're going to do a lot of great things. And so, and that's what this Heart for the House uh, offering is. And so you can give that offering this week, to today, next week, throughout the week, online, on our website, uh, in the back. You can do all that. But we want to believe the Lord was going to speak to you. Now, this is not your tithe. Your tithe is completely different. This is an above and beyond offering that is above the area of the tithe. Last, two weeks ago, we talked about the idea as we talk about faithfulness and the small things, the idea that I believe that in 2022, God wants our church, not our church, uh, our church, but individuals, because uh, we're not in debt, praise God, uh, individuals to get out of spirit, ma'am, and debt. Remember, we talked about how Jesus identified that there are two masters when it comes to our finances. There is the spirit of mammon, the spirit of riches, and there's the spirit of God. 
We're led by one of the two. We serve one of the two. And what we talked about is how if we're led by the spirit of mammon, often that spirit of mammon will lead us to a place where we get into a place of unhealthy debt in our lives. And we want to believe that we will supernaturally seek breakthrough in the area of our debt, amen, in 2022. A young man called me last week and said, Ryan, I heard your message, and I felt like that was for me. I had about $8,000 in debt. I told the Lord I wanted to get out of debt. Lord, I repent of my sin in the areas of debt, and I want to get out of debt. God, I want to do what I can. So the next day after that Sunday, he got a call from his office, and there had been a lottery in his office, and he, they awarded him with $4,000 in cash. The next day, he had set his heart on the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to, I want to I repent of that. I want to get out of that. $4,000 the next day. By the end of that week, he had sold a property that he had owned, and he, made, he had about $4,000 when he got back. Within one week, that individual paid off all of his debt. Now, God wants to do that in your life. You say, Ryan, my debt's a lot more than $8,000. Listen, it might take you a couple years, but if you set your heart to say, God, I'm not going to allow my finances to be represented by the Spirit of Mammon. My finances are going to be surrounded by the Spirit of God. I need to root out these things. God wants to help you and partner with you in that. Last week, we talked about the power of this place of contentment. The word contentment in that scripture meant a, a barrier of, of protection that we lift. And I believe that, that our tithe is an investment into that contentment. That The 10% that word tithe means 10. And simply that our first part is holy to the Lord. And it's set apart for God. And when we give that first part to the Lord, we are returning it to God. Remember, tithing is not generosity. Tithing is not giving. Tithing is simply returning. And when we return, the Bible says what's holy to the Lord. We get to step into that place where our tithe once was, and it creates a barrier of protection from the devourer. God is now protecting our finances. God is now redeeming our finances. And now we have a place of contentment knowing that God is going to do with 90% what we could never do with 100%. We see God begins to protect us and he guards us and we talked about so, but this week I want to talk about the next level and this level is the place where I believe many followers of Jesus Christ are not at yet and we want to see you get there because this is where your money starts getting fun. This is when, I know you're going to, this is like a prosperity gospel statement, so I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher for those of you who want to know, but did you know that God wants your money to make you happy? He wants your money to make you happy. Want to know why? Because when God gives you money, he wants you to give it away. See, when we get into a place where we no longer are led by the spirit of mammon, we begin to give that, that holy to the Lord. Now we're in a place where 90% of our finances are redeemed. He meets all of our needs. But guess what the Bible teaches? If you're faithful to do these things, he gives you plenty left over to give away. There is something supernatural and biblical and powerful about this sweet spot of giving that not only brings God tremendous joy. In fact, it's one of the only times in scripture that talks about money that makes God happy is when we give this money away, guess what God does? Not only is he joyful about it, but there's a supernatural joy in my life. And guess what he loves to do? He loves to give you more money. 
And the reason he gives you more money because he knows you're going to be faithful in the little to give it away. And so what does he do? He just gives you more money. You say, Ryan, man, this sounds like prosperity gospel. Listen, I'm going to show you today that if you can get yourself out of spirit, mammon, debt, you can begin just to return to the Lord what's already his. There is a supernatural reality in your finances that brings joy and excitement with your finances. Your finances start to make you happy because the moment it gives it to you, you just want to give it away. Something happens supernaturally in your finances where I don't, my needs have all met. They're above and beyond met. They're abundantly met. I don't need this cash. I'm just going to bless somebody. Hold. Now you get to be spirit-led. Now you get to sense what God's doing in the church. And man, you got to meet that need. Or maybe it's a church plant. Uh, Sam and Rania taking over a church in Calgary. We felt like, Lord, we wanted to bless them this year. So if you want to do that with me, our church is going to give, I think, $1,200 to them for Christmas. They, they, don't, they, they don't have a job. They're taking over a church. The church is only paying them part-time. I want to bless them. So if you want to bless them with me, come on, give some money to them. That's it's fun. Get to bless them. And guess what the Bible teaches? That this is a sweet smelling aroma in the nostrils of God. It's a sacrifice. It's a offering that greatly blesses God. And we learn about this in the book of Philippians. We see that in the book of Philippians, the uh, church of Philippi had, uh, had given their tithe. The tithe was taken care of, but they knew that there was a need. Paul had a need. Paul was in prison and was experiencing some persecution. And so the church of Philippi, just like our friends, uh, Pastor Sam, wanted to bless them and meet all their needs. And so they raised an offering and at the church, church of Philippi on their own volition, out of their own desire, they raised an offering for Paul and they, they sent Epaphroditus down to go see Paul and, and visit him. And as, they got, as Epaphroditus got there, he gave this financial gift to Paul and Paul wrote a letter back to the church of Philippi to tell them something about this unique offering. He wanted to teach them something supernatural. And he says in the scripture in Philippians chapter, uh, chapter uh, 4, verse 18, I have everything that I need and more than enough. I am taken care of because Epaphroditus brought your gift. Look what he says. It is a sweet gift, a sweet smelling sacrifice to God. It is a gift that costs you something. It's a gift that required faith. It was a gift that required stretch. It wasn't from a position of strength. It was from a position of, oh, oh boy. Ooh, got to get this gift. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me. Oh, my gosh. It's the kind of gift that God is pleased with. And the best part about me being able to preach about money is that our church isn't in financial crisis. The best part about me being able to teach on money is that the money that you give to the Heart for the House offering, I don't get impacted by it. The best part about it is that it's for you and your walk with God that there is a supernatural reality that when we give a gift that costs us something, it's the kind of gift that God is actually pleased with. Look what it says in verse 19, and my God will give you everything that you need because of his great riches in Christ Jesus. Look what Paul says in the Amplified. He describes this offering. It's an acceptable sacrifice. Look at this. Which God welcomes and in which he delights. Come on. How, do you, how excited would you be to know that your finances can bring delight to God? That it can make God happy and joyful. That he looks down from his place in heaven and looks down at you and says, oh my gosh, la, smell that offering that you just gave to that person. And he... Everybody just take a big breath in. You'll smell a bagel, but it's okay. <laughs> God just says, oh, I love it. It makes him happy. It pleases him. 
And you'll notice it says what kind of an offering this is. It's a gift. It costs you something. It's a stretch. My wife and I prepared this gift a while back. Um, and I'll just be honest with you. Uh, we got, uh, God blessed us last year uh, because President Biden took office and gave Americans a bunch of cash for no darn reason. Now, you'd raise your taxes, haha, <laughs> for you, but I don't have to pay those taxes, so. <laughs> this money wasn't a stretch for Steph and I. It was just extra. And it's a big chunk of change for us. And this morning, my wife and I were talking, and she was blow-drying her hair, and as I walked in the bathroom, it was like the cloud of blown-drying hair. It was, smells disgusting, and it's smuggy, and I hate it. But I walked in, and I was sharing my message with her, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm, like, I was feeling conviction, but I didn't want to say anything, that we aren't actually giving an offering that costs us anything. So you didn't know that this, this will cost you something. It has nothing to do with the amount. It has to do with the stretch in your spirit when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. See, the best part about this, this isn't the tithe. The tithe is returning. The tithe is already giving back. That's not generosity. That's not giving. That's just returning to what all belongs to the Lord. Above and beyond the tithe is where some of us have the capacity to be able to give a gift, and it's just out of our abundance, and that's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes God will call you to give a sacrificial offering that isn't about the amount of money, but it's about your faith in God. It stretches you to say, oh boy, you're asking me to do that, but God, we were planning for this. But God, you were asking me to do this, but God, I, we, had, we were thinking like that. And Steph says, man, Ryan, I feel like the Lord wants us to give a little bit more. And I, she goes, out of, our, out of our like checking account, out of our like main area where we give. And I was like, really, Steph? Come on now. We started talking. She said, what about this amount? And I said, oh Lord, and the Lord began to speak to me and now this amount. And God spoke an amount to us that we feel is a just crazy stretch. And now if I don't make it, guys, just pray for me, okay? But it's like, whoa, Lord. Lord. And you know, the Lord spoke to me and said, Ryan, now you can preach this message. Because that offering is significantly less than this one. But in the eyes of God, in the, he smells it and says, you're activating your faith. Your heart's engaged in this moment. It's not just an easy, okay, I'm going to drop it in, praise God. And that's good. But he wants it to be a stretch. And I'm going to show you this in Scripture. And, and Jesus is standing in the temple and he's, uh, the, 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 the individuals would come and put money in a specific place in the treasury where it was a statue with an open mouth and they would throw money and change and all sorts of money in there. This wasn't the tithe that the scripture clearly identifies. It was, they were giving an offering. Now it's important to understand there's a tithe and there's an offering. A tithe is returning to the Lord. An offering is generosity, is giving, is above and beyond that. And here they are giving their offering and Jesus is standing there watching them. Look what he says in Mark chapter 12. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, he wanted to teach them a lesson. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything and all she had to live on. That word wealth there means surplus. Surplus. Money I didn't need. Money I didn't account for. Now, notice, God is not rebuking the wealthy people for giving this gift. God is not saying it's bad. He's not saying you shouldn't do it. 
He didn't say that it's not right. But in this instance, he's identifying there was one gift that was a great gift, and God loves it, and it's beautiful. But there's another supernatural kind of generous gift that is a faith stretch for us that just makes the heart of God so happy. And why? Because this little widow knew if I just, she didn't just tithe on those two cents. She didn't just give an offering on those two cents. She gave all of it. Why? Because she knew my God provides for all my needs. Just like the woman in Acts chapter, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Kings chapter 17, the widow Zarephath and Sidon, when Elijah needed uh, to have his needs provided for, it says, God spoke to a widow in Zarephath that I'm going to provide Elijah for all of your needs through this widow. He rolls into the town and there's this woman picking up sticks from the floor. She's picking up sticks because she had ran out of food and all of her oil. She was going to make, with the remaining amount, one more meal before her and her son went home and died. And Elijah walks in and says, hey, ma'am, I need you to go make some bread and give it to me first. She says, well, sir, I don't have anything. I, my son and I are going to go make this meal and we're going to go die. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty dark days for this family. But he said, I want you to go and I want you to make a sacrificial offering. This is God speaking to you now. I want you to give it all. And it says in the scripture that she by faith went and used all the remaining oil to make Elijah food, gave him the food, and her oil never ran out for the rest of her life. Because it was a face stretch moment. This is something that I believe we can live doing every day. Why? Because I know whenever God requires my faith, guess what's going to happen? He's just going to provide for all of my needs. He's just going to give me more to give away because he knows that I'm faithful in the little. See, this woman was an example for Jesus to say that this woman was giving out of her poverty, was giving out of her deep need her destitution, her insufficiency. She gave everything that she had to, 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 to live on, but it was an act of faith. And because of that act of faith, God provided for her. We learned that later on in, in Paul, again, was trying to teach the church of Corinth a lesson about giving. And what was happening is many people use 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 to say this is about tithing, but it's 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 have nothing to do with tithing. It is about an offering. And the reason we know this is because Paul, again, was raising support for uh, the Christians in Jerusalem who were facing tremendous persecution, incredibly impoverished. He wanted to help them. And so he would go to different churches and say, hey, there's a need in this city. Do you want to help me? And the church of Corinth much like our church said, yeah, we'll support them. Like, we've got the finances, let's do it. And so they made a commitment, and Paul was coming back to say, hey, guys, you made a commitment. Your commitment, uh, Corinth, to meet this need actually stirred other churches to want to give as well. The church of Macedonia is a very poor church. The Bible says that they mix their poverty with their, with their desire to meet the need, and they said it welled up within them. It was like the Holy Spirit said, we want you guys to give to this need, and I don't want you just to give to your ability. I want you to give above and beyond. Look what it says, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, right here. 
Verse two, in the midst of very severe trial, their Macedonian church overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. In fact, Paul says, even beyond their ability. Look what he says. Entirely on their own, not out of manipulation, not out of compulsion. This isn't about the tithe. This offering to meet this need, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. Look at this. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. And so Paul is saying to them, listen, guys, you made a commitment that you were going to be faithful in this offering. The Macedonian church has done a beautiful offering. That's the, the sweet smelling aroma and it cost them something. And he says, now let me reteach you about the basic principles of this supernatural generous offering that's beyond the tithe that I believe God wants to bring you to. And he identifies just a few very simple things in the scripture about what it requires, what happens in our lives when we begin to give in this way. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 9. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. You say, there it is, Ryan. That's exactly the spot. It's Ryan. It's my job to decide how much I'm going to give. Yes, but if your heart is yielded to Jesus, it has nothing to do with you. It's by the prompting of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. People often say, well, Ryan, this is where I get the freedom. No, no, this is where the Holy Spirit gets the freedom. You just need to be obedient. <laughs> he says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly and don't give response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need and then you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat in the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. We see a very important lesson here in this verse today that you have to understand here today that God wants to bless you. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Very simple. If you, if you sow generously, you will reap generously. A far, it's like a farmer going out into a field with a bag of seed. God provided in the seed. He goes out and says, you know what? I'm going to keep a bunch of this seed for myself. I'm going to keep it. I'm only going to cast a little bit of seed on the ground. And then at the end of harvest time, he has a little bit of uh, increase, a little bit of a crop. And he says, God, why didn't you do more for me? Well, you didn't plant more seeds. The more you sow generously, the more you will reap. And the scripture very clearly tells us this, that when we reap, we will reap what we sow. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 10, God who supplies the seed. Who supplies the seed? God. And he provides food for the person. So God's providing seed, and God's providing bread, and God is saying, listen, I will give seed for the sower, not seed for the keeper. Those who sow generously will reap generously. It also says in the scripture, in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, that God wants to bless you abundantly, but not just for yourself. This is when your money begins to have a ministry. This is when it starts to get fun. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in what? Every good work. 
The NLT says it like this, and God will generously provide all your need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. This is the sweet spot of our finances. This is the sweet spot of our giving. This is the place in your journey with God where you get, where you're no longer driven by the spirit of man, where you've settled in your heart that I'm returning this to the Lord. Now God says, perfect. I want to bless you financially so that you have plenty left over. Why? So you can give it away. So you can sow into other people. So you can bless other ministries. So you can bless other churches. So you can bless people in the house of God. Did you know that in Acts chapter 4, it says that it was not one single need in the people of God? Why? Because people would go sell properties and people would go sell their farms. Why? Because they just had plenty left over because God just kept satisfying and meeting all of their needs and they just kept meeting the needs of the church over and over again. God provided more seed, so they sowed it and they reaped it and they gave more and they reaped it and they gave more and they reaped it and he just kept on blessing me abundantly in all things, at all times, in all ways. Why? So that I can be a faithful in my ministry to other people. God wants to use your finances for his ministry. He wants to use your finances to bless other people. And I love this scripture here. Look what it says. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, look at this, will also supply and increase, multiply your store of seed. Now, don't think I'm a prosperity gospel person here, but I want you to hear me today. You know what the scripture is saying? He will supply and multiply your store of seed. This is saying God's going to give you more money. He's going to multiply your finances because he knows that every time he multiplies your bank account, you give it away. He knows that every time I give this person a, a check or bless them above and beyond, they just give it away. So you know what? They were faithful in the small things. I'm going to give them more. I'm going to give them more money. I'm going to give more money. I'm going to give more money because I know they're going to be good stewards of it and they're going to be a good investment of it. They're going to take care of other people. And yeah, they might you know, have a blessed life. There's people in the room who are way more wealthy than I am and they have an absolutely blessed life. But you know what? They continually receive more money in their bank account. Why? Because they know you're not keeping your money for yourself. You're giving it away as often as you can to bless people because this is the type of sacrifice that makes God happy. The sad part about this message is that how many Christians today are struggling with just tithing? It's because they've gone to a church that spoke a message to abuse them or it was manipulated or they grew up in an environment where people thought, oh, don't tithing, you know this. Listen, I don't, the tithe is, is intentionally for your benefit. I want to see you see breakthrough in your finances so that God gives you more money so that you can bless more people, so you can meet more needs, so we can do more church planning and more missionaries and help people across the world and help more orphans and foster families and plant more churches and start a Bible college and do all the things that God wants us to do at our church and the churches around the city. God wants to use your plenty to expand his kingdom in the churches across Canada. He wants to use you to do that. He wants your ministry to represent that. He wants your life to mean that. God wants to provide more money for you because he knows you're faithful. But you first got to be faithful in the little. Now, lastly, as we end today, he says this last statement. It says this, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Now, we've already 
identified that you actually don't decide this. The Holy Spirit decides it. You just get to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do, which is a lot of fun. But not just that. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, this isn't just about your money. It's about your heart. It's not just about your finances or your checkbook. It's not just about having more money. The amount is not the issue. The amount is not the problem. The amount is not the focus. He wants your heart. And when our heart is stirred, and when our heart is stretched, and when our heart requires faith, this is the kind of offering that God loves. This word cheerful here can mean the word, it means hilarious. It means laughter. It means you're so excited to give money away that it just brings you joy. It not only brings God joy, but it brings you joy. I could go around the room and talk to people in the room. My parents are here today, and they're two of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. And my dad will tell you, he says, you know why, Ryan, I love doing things for people? He goes, it just brings me joy. You know, there's a story I want to end on here today. It's just a story of my, my friend, uh, a pastor in, in Oshawa, Ontario. And I love this story. He um, was wanting to get a building and they found a building for, I think it was like $400,000. And they found this building and, and they went and put an offer on it, even though they didn't have any money. <laughs> he was just having fun. And the people came back and said, hey, we want you to have this building because there's another group that are going to take it that we don't want them to have it. We want you to have it. And so he said, actually, I don't have any money. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have even put an offer in it. We have no money. We've got like $10,000 in the bank. Like I just knew that we wanted the building, but I didn't think you'd actually go for it. And they said, no, we really want you to have this building. And they said, oh, that's awesome, but I don't have any money. Well, the bank won't give us a loan. We're like broke, like we got nothing. And he says, listen, I'll give you the money and we'll only charge you $250,000. And I'm gonna give you the money. I'm gonna carry a loan for five years as long as you pay me off in five years. Five years, $250,000 in cash, and we're good to go. And so they got into the building and they started seeing their church grow. And there was, they were in a community where there was a lot of homelessness. And so there was a lot of homeless individuals that would come into the church services and worship. And, and they were, after some time, a couple came to them and, and sat down in the pastor's office and had a check on the table. And he slid it across the table and said, I want to give you today $25,000. And now this church was broke and they needed the money to pay down this mortgage. It was getting close. He says, I want to give you $25,000. And the pastor's like, praise God, we're going to get closer to paying down this loan. He goes, but I have a little, a little ask of you. Would you start a homeless service so that the homeless people don't have to be in the same room as my family? And he had a choice to make. He was giving up $25,000. This poor little church didn't have much money. He was giving up $25,000 if he said no to this opportunity. So he looked him in the eyes and said, no, that's not right. That's not okay. We're not going to take that money. We're going to let these people be in our church so they're a part of us. Five years goes by. The bank is due. They're wanting their money, $250,000. They didn't have any cash. They had no way of paying it off. The pastor's wife says, what are you going to do? He goes, I have no idea what I'm going to do tomorrow at this meeting. Right before he went in, he got a call from a lawyer. The lawyer calls him, pulls him in. He sits down across from this lawyer. And the lawyer says, hey, do you remember John? He goes, who's John? He goes, I don't remember him. He goes, he was a homeless guy that went to your church and you used to take him out to coffee every now and then, and you'd get him a meal every now and then, and you just loved on him and encouraged him. Well, he had a life insurance policy, and he just died, and he slides a check across the table for $250,000. He went to the next appointment and paid off that loan, and they own their building. 
Now, why do I tell you that story? Because that $25,000 was a faith. He was given away in faith. He felt the Lord say to him, nope, I've got, I'm going to pay this off for you. I'm going to do this for you. You need to sacrifice this money. It was, oh God, we need this 25 grand. Oh boy. And he gave that as an offering to the Lord. Look what God did. See, this is the kind of things God's going to do in your life. He might not give you 250 G's. <laughs> Maybe he will for us. Hallelujah. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to start providing little moments where he's going to provide for all your needs at all times in every way. And you're going to say, I got this money left over. You're going to say, I know exactly what to do with it. Hey, Pastor Ryan, is there a need of the church? Or man, I was at my group and someone had a need. Or man, I heard about this Vincenzo church plant, Connect Church. We get $6,000 to help plant their church. And now the church is blowing up. They had to knock down a wall. They, they just baptized 10 people last weekend because our church gave $6,000 to that church. Come on, hey, man, where can I give? And what can I do? And man, I'm just looking for opportunities to do ministry with my money because I know, man, I got to get this money out of my bank account because what's going to happen? God's just going to provide abundantly. God's just going to give me more. God's going to give me more opportunity to be used for his kingdom, to help someone and to bless someone and encourage someone with my finances. Those are the type of generous gifts God loves. And guess what? You will too. <laughs> I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for those watching online today. I believe in this next year, God's going to take us here as a church. He's going to eradicate debt from our lives. We're going to get to a place where, man, we're tithing right now. I want to encourage you. 18% of our church tithes. Listen, 82% of our church doesn't give money at all. And God has been so faithful to us. We put 17% of our finances last year in savings. We gave away 13% of our finances. Listen, our church lived on 70% of our finances last year. Staff, building, all the things we have, that's because we want to be a good steward of our finances, amen? And we believe this year, we're going to get us out of debt individually. We believe this year we're going to be a tithing church. We believe this year we're going to be able to do ministry across the world because you are functioning in a spirit-led, spontaneous, free-will environment that just makes God happy. We pray for you today. Father, Lord, we love you. And we want to say thank you for your provision in our lives. No, I just want to say thank you that you've been faithful to us and you've taken care of us. I pray for every heart watching online, every heart in the room today who's still dealing with the spirit of famine, who's still struggling with tithing, still struggling with debt. Today, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would come and you would just blow a fresh wind of faith into their heart today to know that, God, you own a cattle on a thousand hill. You provide everything for us and you've never once left us forsaken. Your goodness has been good to us. From the very beginning of our lives, you provided for us and supported us. And we want to say thank you, God. Now today, let us be a generous church. Let us be a giving church. Let us be a faithful church to know that you will do what you said that you would do. You will provide for your people. We love you in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.